Kiber a 16-oson belül, lövés, gól! Gól! Eldölt a Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Hungarian Football Podcast. It's been quite a while since uh, the last one, so it's good to be uh, back and talking about Hungarian football again. And uh, as always, doing that with us is Chris Barrett over in the uh, United States there. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing swell. How are you, Gabby? Thanks for having us. Um, well, thank you very, very much. And as always, is Tom Mortimer. Um, not so salubrious sound surroundings as uh, the USA, but still, Tom, good to have you. you. You doing well? Yeah, lovely. Thank you. It's very wet where I am in Nottingham. Very, very wet and rainy. It's horrible, to be honest. Let's not ask um, Chris about temperatures and stuff like that. It's gonna just going to make us really jealous. But guys, wow. Now... I can't remember a time when Hungarian football was at a peak like it is right now. There's only one place to start, really, um, and that's with Ferencváros in the uh, in the Champions League group stages. Now, wow. Let's go back to the beginning of this um, incredible run, which uh, all the way back on the 19th of August, which was like which was summertime, Tom, as well. Do you remember that? Um, so mm-hmm. it was Jurgarden up first. Um, at the time, we were saying that was as tough as it could have got, really. And um, as it panned out, Tom, it was a, a, a quite a straightforward 2 0 win. Yeah, um, just like you say on on Hungarian football being at such a peak, it really is at the moment. Like um, I remember a few months ago when. Um, or I think it was probably just in August when Golacci was in the the Champions League semi-final and Willy Orban was playing in the Champions League semi-final first time it's happened in the Champions League era that Hungarians got there um, we've kind of got one of the most exciting youngsters in, in world football at the moment in Dominic Soboslai and then yeah um, probably this Jurgarden game was probably about a week or two after that Champions League semi-final that's how long this <laughs> these qualifiers have been going on for um and yeah it was quite a straightforward one um froddy didn't particularly look great that night to be honest um it was probably their weakest performance of of qualifying um that they actually had like top mac again kind of show, showing up uh, when it mattered and against like you say pretty much the toughest opponent that they could have got um in in Jurgard and Swedish champion and yeah um I think we kind of all expected them to go through uh we know how good this Frolli team are and uh yeah they delivered on the night but yeah not particularly impressive I think their next league game after that they played against Mte Car and and uh were poor that night too absolutely and um from that Chris from from the sublime to the ridiculous um a, a visit to Celtic um, to, to, to Celtic Park, famous old stadium there in Scotland. Um, wow, you could have picked your odds, I think, if you said that Friday was going to walk away with a win there. But um, they did, and they did it really, really well As uh, uh, on top of that. Yeah, so every one of us that were talking about it, obviously we're expecting the run to end there um, in Scotland. And so um, when when this happened, I felt like everyone was 
losing their mind. You know, um, it was uh, it was one thing when when David Sheer got the goal there early, and and we were going, okay, guys, hold it, hold it, hold it, <laughs> and um, and then uh, when Christy tied it there at the beginning of the second half, we thought, okay, there was the end of it. But I mean, we were talking at that point something like them losing five nil, six nil. Um, at the beginning of the of the game, I just remember some of the some of the talk. I, I wasn't quite sure we would ever lose that much, at least in a one leg match. But um, but again, it was it was Talkmac that that was the uh, that was a hero. It was a good performance. I felt like they played well defensively, and in fact, they were they were really um, uh, up against it for most of that match. Wouldn't you guys agree? I mean, I feel like it was a wave upon wave, and and um, Celtic just didn't really have a whole lot up front. I mean, they, they were, they were, they were, they were providing a lot of pressure, but they did, didn't quite have that, that finishing touch. Um, they weren't really creative. And I felt like uh, that, uh, that Friday benefited from that just by sitting back and then hitting on the break. And when, when Talkback scored, it was like, everyone just lost their shit, you know? <laughs> and it was a, uh, it was a fun time, I think for, um, for Hungarian football fans, just to, to see them take a scalp that, that big at that point. Neil Lennon is still to this day, I think only in, in the last day or two, is still saying how Celtic are much better than them and and and, and, and they shouldn't be there. But you know, uh, Neil, I, I looked at the um, looked at the table and uh, Friday are definitely there, and uh, you guys are on Thursday night, so <laughs> unlucky. Um, so Tom, on to the third qualifying round, uh, and it was a chance of redemption uh, facing Dynamo Zagreb, who obviously knocked them out the, the previous year. Um, and again, this was uh, a really intriguing game. Yeah, I, I, for in some respects, I kind of think thought this was going to be a tougher game than um, the Celtic one, and it was it was very similar actually. Um, Dynamo, well, French Ross scored pretty early, like they did at Celtic Park. Um, and then kind of it was set up for them perfectly. And then um, Dynamo Zagreb grabbed that equaliser, the unfortunate Uzuni um, own goal. And then and then it was kind of like you, you kind of expected Dynamo Zagreb to to grab another one and then and then if they did you, you thought it would be really tough for Froddy to get back into it um what Froddy have never had to do um well I think that I think during the whole time um in qualification then you went behind two um for two minutes in the whole of in all of the four game uh five games if you include the Molder second leg as well you know they went, only went behind for two minutes um and in this Dynamo Zagreb game, there was a few times where they could have gone behind, but they didn't. And they, they've never had they never had to chase a game, which kind of suited them a little bit because their defence, as we saw against Moldo, is is quite leaky. Um, and I think if Dynamo Zagreb had, had kind of opened them up a little bit, they could have ripped them apart in the same way as if Celtic had gotten that um, go-ahead goal, which they nearly did when they hit the bar. Um, yeah, it could have been a bit of a problem for Froddy, but they stuck in there. I think that one of the things they've been so good at is just being resilient um, and and working really hard. And it sounds kind of cliched, but someone like Azuni, who grabbed the the winner with that lovely finish, um, it just typifies them um, that working hard and and pressing from the front. 
uh, even someone like Topmac with all his ability, he does press a lot, and I think that's what um, what what Rebrov's really instilled into them during this um, during this campaign. Hmm. Now, at this stage where they've beaten Jurgard and Celtic and Dynamo Zagreb, I mean, you'd you'd think at that point that you, you're in the group stages, but as mad as this European qualification is, they still had the playoff, um, which obviously was two legs. And now, Chris, that first game in Norway, uh, I can't think that last time a, a game was enthralling as that. Uh, as a neutral, you've got to have been loving it. Um, as a Friday fan, pulling your hair out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, six goals, and um, it, it was really all over the place. And I, I think as a Friday fan, though, um, getting that goal in the first uh, uh, within the first ten minutes had to have been had to feel great. And then then holding the lead till halftime, even though I really felt like Molda was um, um, it wasn't indicative uh, of the score at halftime. Even I, I really felt like they, in a lot of ways, um, created more dangerous opportunities. Uh, at at home and um, you know by the time halftime hit I kind of felt like you know Friday were uh, feeling like oh man thank goodness you know and then um, um, as you mentioned uh, Tom Azuni I, I really feel like he's been a, a, a just a really a good pickup for them um, someone that I don't know if any of us really knew much about him or, or what, we, what we might expect from him but um, when he grabbed that second goal I, I kind of felt like, man, boy, they're gonna they're gonna get out of this, and it's it's this might this might turn ugly, but Molda really just at that point just turned up the heat, didn't they? And um, scoring those next two goals, I think within within ten minutes, was a wake up call. Um, but really, I think if you're looking at the game as a whole, um, Molda really were dangerous, and they continued to be dangerous. And I felt like they they had plenty of opportunities to score uh, more goals, and then towards the end of the game. Um, um, when Ellingson scored with, uh, I don't know, five or five or six minutes left to go, you know, even though Friday got two um, away goals, you just still kind of felt like, boy, this was they should have done better than this. And then there was that moment at the end where um, uh, that that cross that went uh, that was attempted that that went in hit off the upper shoulder of the defender. And the referee pointed to the spot without hesitation. And I, I just was like, this is or for real. <laughs> um, it just, it seemed like they got out of jail there. Um, I don't know how you guys felt about that, but I just kind of felt like we, they got a little lucky. Um, uh, Harrington scored fairly easy with that, that funny little run up that he did. But, um, um, you know, even though they got the draw, even though they got three, um, away goals, uh, do you guys really feel like that was a, an impressive performance? It was definitely a, a fun game to watch, but I don't think that was something that they were expecting, or was it something that they really were hoping at that point? Well, this is this is the, the question for Tom, really. Um, if we go from the point where Mulder took control of that first leg and then move on to the, the, the second leg, which Mulder completely dominated uh, in, in Budapest, what do you think we, st- we saw that was so different about Friday that was was you know wasn't evident in the first three games where they were just playing some incredible football. Uh, Topmac was off the boil. Um, where where do you think that it started to go wrong for them, Tom? I feel that that, that second leg, um, Mulder just 
um, especially first half, they really frustrated Froddy in their defensive setup. I think what we hadn't seen in any of the other rounds really was a team that came and just sat there and said to Froddy, okay, then you just come and break us down and we'll just sit here. Uh, we'll sit in our defensive shape. We'll get behind the ball. Um, we won't allow your players like Topmak and, and Zubkov to, to run in behind us. Uzuni as well, who, who like Chris said, has been really, um, really amazing in these qualification games. Um, and and then every time someone like Topmak playing against a team from his home country got the ball, they just like they were just on him straight away, like giving him no space. Like Topmak doesn't. To me, he's not a great player in tight spaces. He loves he loves to have like the open space and loves to run in behind. Loves to he's great when he's when he's running at pace, but kind of getting that start is is a bit tough if the players around him. And he had none of it. I mean, to be honest, he almost didn't look fit. He was so off it. And um, I I think I think Froddy just just really struggled to to just break them down. And then as the game wore on, then they started like molded obviously came with a game plan we're going to sit back for 45 minutes and as the game goes we're just going to press and press and press and then by the end yeah froddy were completely hanging on i don't know how molded didn't didn't get a goal like the bush made that amazing save with his left foot there are a couple of other like i guess half chances there weren't really any massive chances for molder but it, I, I don't know if it was just panic stations in the second half and and kind of Mulder just played on that, but I, I was really impressed with Mulder. I thought they were I thought they were really good. Uh, I think I thought like the way that they played was probably the best that uh, out of the any out of any of the teams that um, Froddy played, which is really weird because they're fifth in the Norwegian league um, and yeah miles off the top. So. And especially when Froddy have played Dynamo Zagreb, Celtic, I think that probably just shows how how much football is about is about being a team and uh, coming with with a game plan, which um, yeah, almost almost brought the end of Froddy. Yeah, definitely. And like like you say, it's the journey to get to that stage was incredible. The the wins that they, the performances they produced and the, and the wins that they got, it, it was inevitable that, that, you know, the, the peak had to sort of start coming down and, and, you know, let's not take anything from away from it is an absolutely magnificent achievement. It's the, you know, first time in 25 years that, that they've reached the, uh, the group stages. Uh, and is it 10, 11, 12 years, something like that since Debritsen were last in the, in the champions league. So this is, this is absolutely, um, incredible. So uh, at this point, Chris, we are thinking, okay, let's, let's put, um, you know, head above heart. Friday are not going to get out of the group. Um, they're likely to finish bottom, but do we want some teams in there that can maybe get a couple of points off and go for third place? Or do you want to just, you're in the Champions League, let's play the big boys. And as it turned out, that's how it was. Um, Barcelona, Juventus and Dynamo Kiev um, is, is wow. That's pretty much as good as you're going to get um, for, for Champions League um, draws uh, for, for groups. Um Kiev obviously has a lot in it now because it's uh, Rebrov's, you know, team, if you like. Um, so that's got something riding of it on it. And obviously, 
Barcelona and Juventus, Messi and Ronaldo. What was your initial response, um, Chris, to, to, to seeing the draw unfold? El Grupo del Muerte. <laughs> this, is, this, this was, um, again, it's 2020, you know, and, and, and lots of crazy things that have happened. The fact that um, um, there, there's so much happening, as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast with Hungarian football and and um, them getting to the group stage and then us saying, boy, it'd be nice to have an interesting group. And then, holy Moses, I mean, just, just getting Juventus and Barcelona in there. And then, yeah, the Ukrainian connection with with Rebrov makes this whole slate of uh, of fixtures just that much more interesting, doesn't it? Um, it's to, to me, it's you, you couldn't have asked for a, a better um, six matches, I think, and I think it's going to be really fun uh, every game to watch. I can't imagine what it's going to be like in in Budapest when um, uh, Ronaldo shows up um, or Messi and and. Uh, you know, what's it going to be like? You know, I mean, what's the crowd going to be like? Um, how's it going to be taken? I can't, I can just imagine that it's just going to be just batshit crazy the whole time when, when they're there. But um, this is just going to be a straight up buffet for football fans, especially Hungarian football fans uh, for, for the rest of this year. Um, and uh, really quite honestly, I can't, can't imagine that there, there, there would have been a better draw for Friday for the, for their group. Um, Tom, they, uh, the, the success of the Super Cup final that was um, played in, in Budapest recently uh, has meant that UEFA have said that, you know, that there's a possibility now that up to 30 percent of your capacity can be um, allowed for these uh, for these matches. So straight away, Friday are looking at moving their games to the national stadium. Um, because if they were to play at home, obviously 20,000 seat stadium would be about 6,000 fans allowed in. Um, obviously 68,000, um, we're, we're up to probably the capacity of the group armor arena, um, being able to attend that game in, um, in Budapest. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't like it when that happens, to be fair. I remember when um, Debrecen got to the Champions League, as you, as you mentioned earlier, and, and they played all their games at the Pushkash Frank when it was um, in its old old guys. But, um, and that, it just makes it, um, it makes kind of it, it more like, well, it definitely less fan-focused. It's just more just anyone who wants to go watch some big play, big name players play, go to this game, and then they cut, it's almost like a Hungary um, away trip, uh, or, or a Hungary home game, than a than a Debrecen home game. And I'd, I guess that would be my only fear if that happened at the push cash for for this time. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how the 30% thing works, how they'll enforce it. Like if if the ultras are going to be have to be kept apart like good luck doing that i guess um i mean it didn't do a very good job at the muggy or cup of final which were they were, they were supposed to be like that they couldn't even keep the mezakovich fans uh apart and there's only like 200 of them um so yeah it's going to be really interesting to see how it works I, i'd prefer it if it was at the group armor but like i cannot obviously understand why they'd they'd want to move it to the push crash for Inc. um and i hope it's just not lo- loads of um kind of people who are just hoping to go to um 
to Hungary uh, to to see Ronaldo to see Messi. I hope it's the actual the proper fans who get in there because I mean they deserve it. Um, it's it's so unfortunate that them that Froddy qualify for the Champions League for the first time in like you say 25 years and <laughs> they can't even go to an away game and maybe can't even go to the home game. It's it's quite it's quite sad, but um, yeah I mean at least they're there and and I guess they could get there next year. Um, the the money uh, it should it just shouldn't be seen as a one off in my opinion that they they get 15 million pound for qualifying for the group stages um you'd hope they would just build on this success now to be fair yeah it's something like it's it's just under a million euros for a draw isn't it it's something like 900,000 for, for for even getting a point in in the champions league um fingers crossed like you say on on, on the stadium thing is that i think you know if if it's friday fan card holders only then then that should simply you know there should be 20,000 Friday fans there which I think is is probably um realistically that will happen um if it was obviously 68,000 people there then yes you would 100% get all those that want to come and see Messi and everyone but I, I think that that would have happened anyway. I think even if fans were allowed in the stadium, I think this is this is huge for Hungary. It's huge for um, finances and things like that. And yeah, let's let's see how it works out because obviously you know things are changing changing by the week at the moment. So, um, Chris, let's have a bold prediction from you. So, how many points will Friday end up with um, at the end of the group stage? Yeah, I really wish you wouldn't have asked me that. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say two. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. And Tom, what are you going for? I'm gonna go for three. I'm gonna go for a home win against Dynamo Kiev. Nice. Which okay. could send them through, in theory, because you'd imagine Dynamo Kiev are gonna lose home and away to Barca and Juve. The, the great, the, the best case scenario, like I say, would be the third third place um, and and end up in in the Europa League, where because they could really compete in that as well. Um, that would be, you know, that would be the dream. But hey ho, we we have no idea what will happen. Um, but what, think, what, what are you going for? Um, I'm going to go for one point. I think they'll get a draw against Kiev, um, either home or away. Um, but yeah, I, I think one. I think I think you're right. Like as in, it's kind of a, in a way, it's 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 kind of a good draw because you've got two teams who are miles better than the other two teams, and then and it's Friday versus Dynamo Kiev for third place, really. So like it's a, it's a dream that you get to play against Messi, Ronaldo. You get to go to these amazing clubs, um, and then you've also got a chance of actually making it through for third. It's kind of yeah. It's probably, it probably couldn't really ask for much better. I mean, you could ask for maybe like three crap teams, but like it's the Champions League. You're not going to get three crap teams in the same group. No, no, absolutely. I think year on year, also, you know, you you you've got to you got to think that this is just a dream come true for them. I, I think they uh, maybe Rebrov said uh, this is our expectation, but just to get through the group stage, to get paid, <laughs> to get that experience, and come back next year. I think it's not unrealistic that in in consecutive years that they would aim for that third spot um, and be dumped into the Europa League and, and really challenge in the round of 32 and all that kind of stuff. Um, because I think that would be um, 
for now, I think that would be just a huge success for them, you know, uh, maybe even ending up in the um, quarterfinals or something in, in Europa League. They're, they're going to have a lot of money. They're going to dominate Hungary domestically, I think, for a long time if they make the right um, decisions on development, players, signings, all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to ask the question before we you know, went on to something else is how did how do you guys feel? like this uh, will not not that friday isn't already the biggest team but upsetting the balance in a sense of the league domestically um do you feel like that this is going to be a positive or a negative long term um well for me um it it was one of the things i was going to bring up as well chris so yeah thanks for 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 bringing that up because it's definitely a, a huge talking point um for me personally, it's it's arguably one of the best things that has happened um, for Hungarian football uh, in terms of exposure. But I, it's also probably the worst thing that could possibly have happened in terms of the, the domestic league. Because, uh, the, the, say, the finances, purely on the finances alone that this um, Champions League um has has bought them is just going to see them way way ahead it's almost like they could have a squad now that can play in in mb1 and dominate and 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 have a squad um that that can play uh european football as well um and and that's scary it it really really is um videoton have been pushing them for for a few years but pushing them from arm's length they've not really got anywhere close um and you know look at the teams that have started to, to come up recently push gas academy um all of those as good as they are they're, they're, they're miles behind they're absolutely miles behind and and unfortunately this is just going to put them light years behind in in my opinion yeah i'd agree i i think um i i think it's it's yeah it's it could be really bad for the league um we know that they're the biggest club like in the league anyway like high most well supported they have the highest revenue um i mean you speak to almost anyone you go to when you go to hungary and they support Frodi. um they probably don't even know any of the players but they support Frodi. um and as we've seen in different countries i guess croatia with the aforementioned dynamo zagreb are a, a, a no finer example of that how many times have they won the league so i don't know 10 times in a row or something now they qualify for that champions league once and they're in there every year um which is amazing to them for them but it just destroys the league um you've seen it elsewhere selwick is another example obviously that a, a very similar i guess to Friday in that they're the, like pretty much the biggest club I mean, obviously, since Rangers went bust as well, and they've qualified for the Champions League a lot, and they are light years ahead, like Gabby says, which Frodi could be. I, I don't see how anyone that catches up now. Um, I guess the Bretson had the chance to do this when they qualified in 2009 and completely blew it. Um, <laughs> it's obviously got relegated this season. I don't see Frodi doing that. Um, I think, I think they could do a little bit like Celtic, a little bit Dynamo Zagreb and win like 10 titles in a row. Don't, I, I think, I think it would be almost surprising if we don't see that, to be honest. Um, yeah. Unless they do some, unless like the bubble of Hungarian football bursts with all the money, um, which is obviously possible, but Orban doesn't look like he's going to leave 
for a long while yet um or they completely spunk their money on rubbish signings and get some rubbish managers in which i guess is always possible i think i think the only team that can stop Friday now are Friday. How about you, Chris? What, what's your thoughts? Obviously, you watch a lot of NB1 football and we'll know the, the, the sort of differences in levels. Yeah, I mean, you guys hit the nail on the head. They're, they're already on top of, of it. And I, I think, uh, Tom, that statement you made, the only, the only team that's going to stop Friday are themselves. Um, is right. We'll see how long Rebrov stays. I think he's good for the club. I think he's good for the league. Um, and I think there's a temerity there. Um, but if you, if he goes on his happy way after bringing them into the Champions League group stage and he goes on to greener pastures, who do they bring in and who, who's making the decisions? Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say with that kind of money, I would think you'd have to be, um, you know, pretty foolish to mess this up, but it's been done. <laughs> and, um, but, but for now, I think if all things being equal and, um, they even go at a modicum of conservatism, I, I think that, um, it's just going to be a done deal. It's going to be another partisan. It's going to be another Celtic, as you guys mentioned, this just a, a team that will continue to win and we'll just be rooting for who's going to end up in second place. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, one of the hard things is going to be with the with the recruitment terms is, um, you know, you, you are now in the Champions League, um, you know, hopefully Europa League or going forward as well, is that how, how do you recruit players that will be attracted to Champions League, Europa League, but also going to places like Budafok, Kishvada? <laughs> You know what I mean? It's, it's 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 that bizarre. You know, how do you attract players to to do? That? I mean, because really, what you're saying to them is like, I want you to turn up and just waltz through the league and do what you want. But these these qualification games or group stages, we want you 100. percent So it's a weird kind of thing, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, it's it's going to be really hard to find the balance. Um, I think they've done a really good job of doing that recently. Um, of of maintaining that motivation for Europa League games like last season when they when they played like Espanyol and beat Cisco Moscow um, and obviously did a really good job almost qualifying for Champions League last season. Um, it's kind of maintaining that and, and keep bringing these players through. How they've been able to do it, I think so far is really is really incredible. The, the way that they run, I know we talked about them being the biggest club in in the country. Most well supported, highest revenue. Obviously, got political ties to Orban in in Kubatov. Um, but the way that they recruit is is second to none. Like the players that they've brought in from random places. So like Nando Gorian from from the Uruguayan Premier League, yeah. class, so good. Like Pantsil when he came, just playing in Ghana. Um, Topmac wasn't really. I mean, I think he was quite highly rated in in um, Norway, but not massively. They've got Zulkov, who was playing, who was out on loan at a, a top Ukraine um, metalist, I think, someone like that. Um, they 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 do an incredible job of of, of finding these players um, in in kind of remote areas, like 
everywhere around the world. If I mean, look, look at Gorian, look at Panso in 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 South America, in Africa. Like, it's incredible that the job that they're doing. Um, I guess it's just keep on keeping on. Like, can can you maintain that? Like, it's it's almost like football manager esque. On football manager, it's easy though, isn't it? Because you just see someone's stats. Whereas uh, when in real life, it's a bit tougher because you actually need to see them play, and then it's is it actually going to work out and and so far it has whether that's i don't think it is luck i I think it's i think i think all credit to that club um i know obviously there's going to be detractors and like i say it's it's easier when you when you are the biggest club in the country but they've done their scouting system is incredible it really is um it's almost it's almost porto-esque in to a to a lower level like you, you see like your portos uh, Benfica, I guess, um, Shakhtar, an, an incredible example of that as well. Um, Red Bull Salzburg, they 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 sign these niche players from all around the world. I mean, look at Shakhtar; they've got Brazilians coming out of their ears, um, and 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 they make it work for them. And and Frodi are doing it to a similar degree at a, at a lower level. Um, on a really consistent basis so yeah I, I'd just say if they can keep keep doing that keep bringing these players in and then shifting them um, if they, if that's if that's the way that they want to do it um, a little bit like they did with Besic a little bit with like they did with Somalia um, getting some decent money for them Gorian as well obviously when um, and and they they that I mean they don't even from this Champions League they could say self, self-sufficient doing that signing players for a million, selling them for two million and getting them into Europe Europe, Europe every year. I guess, like you say, it's hard to get to um, motivate them for, for league games. But I guess if you if the players are only staying like two or three years, it probably wouldn't be that hard to motivate them because they're not getting bored. They're, they're seeing as this is, this is the chance to perform well here and then I can move on. I don't know. I mean, like I say... I, they just got to keep on doing what they're doing at the moment, I think. I think for, for those that are scouting any of the players that are playing for them, obviously there's been some really, really good standout performances. Um, this is the shop window. This is the ultimate shop window for them now because, yeah, you can scout them whilst they're playing in, in, in the Hungarian league, but, you know, w- what can they do at, at a higher level? We're, we're, we're going to see now because, you know, they're obviously... They're not going to um, set the world on fire, but but it just shows the character of the player and you know potentially what's in there. So this this could be say huge transfer market wise, as uh, as it is financially from from the rewards of being in the league. So yeah, definitely worth uh, worth watching that one to see what what happens from it. Um, Chris, we can't forget. The other Hungarian teams that were that were playing in Europe as well, um, a, a mixed bag. Um, the less said about Honved and Pushkas Academy, you know, the better. But for Videoton, um, they had some remarkable results as well, um, and and you know lost out on the Europa League in a in a playoff. How, how do you feel? Um, disappointed for them or overachieved for them? Well, I, I, I'm not sure anybody really had um, uh, really big expectations for anybody other than Friday. I, I do think that Videoton had some um, uh, good results. Um, I think they, they pulled in some players that I was surprised they would pull in. Um, and um, 
I feel like they uh, they did as well as could be expected. They, they might have been able to get into uh, the group stage. I think that their team was probably good enough. I just don't think that they um, have been playing that that great as a team. I think that's something that that's uh, that's plagued them um, a little bit. But uh, you know, I mean, I think at this point, um, uh, having having gotten into uh, Europe might have been good. Um, a little payday and all that kind of stuff. But I, we, we've seen them before where they went when that happened and it wasn't really great for their season. Um, the last thing they need at this point is um, a distraction uh, to the league. Um, uh, again, but I, I, don't know, I just, I just, I, I just, it's, it's so weird thinking about um, this season and having Friday in the group stage of the champions league and just wondering, you know, how is that going to affect them? Um, um, but when it comes to, uh, to Vidi's performance, just to get back to the question, I'm sorry, I'm just, my brain's all over the place. There's so much going on, but, um, I, you know, I, I feel like they did okay. I feel like, um, maybe they expected to get into, um, um, in, into the group stage of the Europa league, but, um, you know, um, at, at the end of the day, uh, I feel like getting to the playoff and, um, and losing to a, a quality side, um, is is not a bad run for them and now they they can just um concentrate on on the league and uh hopefully give um friday a, a run for their money um and hope that they'll be a little bit more focused on on um what they're doing in europe as opposed to what they're doing domestically tom i i feel um that this run has shown us nothing of the video time that we know if i'm if i'm really honest um they scraped past bohemians on penalties uh they beat a, a 10-man hibernians 1-0 um the, the game against rems was you know another another sort of decent performance they had to go down to 10 men and then obviously the penalty shootout was 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 fantastic um took the lead against liege uh and then we kind of saw the, the the real one i mean this is kind of like you you'd expect it getting to the europa league playoff being a fantastic achievement um and you know really the new manager there and and everything like that what what do you feel um am i being am i being overly critical i yeah uh, i don't think they've been impressive at all um like you say they could have easily gone out in the first First and second round. Um, third round, yeah, really impressive achievement to um, to knock out a French team. Um, and and yeah, in the first half against Standard Liège, they, they were pretty good. Um, uh, and then second half, they got absolutely battered. And and I guess they were kind of unlucky because there were two. Um, penalties, which probably shouldn't have been penalties, but they were battered throughout that second half, and and yeah, it was kind of the the real Vidi, I guess, in that one, in that second half, the Vidi that we kind of saw in the first two games. Um, I've not been massively impressed with Vidi at all this season under under their new manager Gabor. Um, they drew their first game, at, and then they they ended up beating. Um, Budafok, I think in their third game, and then and then they beat a depleted Pushkash um, in in the uh, I think it was last weekend. Like they've been, 
okay. But then I was thinking like it would be an amazing achievement to get to the Europa League, um, and 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 it really would have been. Um, but like, and then I kind of think to what like Froddy getting to the Champions League, and and you, we obviously thought like talk about like payday that Vidi would get in if they would get in, if they got into the Europa and that would help him along a bit. But like like I say earlier, Froddy get 15 million for getting into the to group stage with uh, the Champions League and um and Vidi would have only got two and a half. Yeah. Like the difference um that they are kind of competing against now is is even higher. Like they need to have a good season. They need to win the league. They need to concentrate on um they need to try and hope that Froddy have got their uh well both of their eyes on, on Champions League rather than on the league. Um and and try and take advantage of, of, um, of yeah, of, of, of Froddy being, um, kind of elsewhere, I guess. And and they've obviously got a few games to catch up because of of all their games being postponed to help them out in the Champions League. I just don't see it though. I don't think Vidi are good enough. Um, they've got some quality players. Like um, Chris said that they've signed some, yeah, very impressive. Um, players in, in likes of Alan, Evandro and Aleph and and they've got quality still there with uh, Huri who I think is is awesome. Um, obviously they signed Ben Bendigo's Boller as well that we spoke about I think on the last pod about being one of the best players of the season. They've got a really talented squad. I don't know about the manager to be honest, and I think that that means a lot in this league. I mean we spoke about that, didn't we? Um, I think again on the last pod that. It's it was it's a um, surprising appointment and to be honest in the how many games it's been so far eight games and yeah like you say it looks impressive on paper that they got to the playoff round of the Europa League but mm, when you watch the games it hasn't been that impressive at all mm, and it and it, it's interesting with like you say with the new manager now we we spoke obviously lots about. Zala Egezeg last year and, and how brilliant they were and the football when we returned after the, the, the COVID break it was just brilliant. They were so fantastic to watch. It, it was absolutely magnificent. So if Fiddy were getting that brand of football from, from the manager that Zala Egezeg got, that it, it should be completely different to this, but it's not. It, they're, they're so dull. It's it, There's just no... There's no flair or passion or anything that, that we saw from from Zalaegajeg. So, you know, what, were the players overperforming for, for Zalaegajeg or, or, you know, is the manager now getting shown up? It's, it's a, yeah, a, a tough one for them. But, you know, realistically, when everything pans out, they, they should be in that that second spot um, at, at least. Um, so, guys, if we, we move on to MB1, just we'll have a little brief sort of delve into it. The, the season's obviously not that old and it's very disjointed now, um, obviously with games that have been um, abandoned for coronavirus or suspended for European fixtures, etc. Um, any standouts, Chris, at the moment for you? Um, obviously, we're, like I say, we're, we're so early in. Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like for me, um, watching Pushkash get uh get out of european qualifying early because of the the covid-19 um 
hit on their club and all those youngsters had to come in and play. Um, they lost, but, uh, um, as they were, were recovering for them to, um, win three of their first four, I think has been pretty impressive. Um, beaten Wepesht and also Mezhikovesh, um, at home. And then, um, you know, they lost to, to Vidi, but uh, also beat Keshvarda. I mean, it's, um, I, you know, and, and most of their, their, their top players still aren't, uh, haven't rotated back in. So I, I feel like, um, they're, they're, they're doing quite well for, uh, at this stage of the season, we'll see how, um, it pans out, but, um, I, just, I don't know. I've, I, I know we've always made fun of them and, um, just kind of being an academy, not really, and having all this money and having a you know, beautiful stadium, but nobody coming in and we've given them a hard time, but I, I feel like they've, they've got something there. Um, and, um, you know, I feel like, uh, Jolt Hornack is, is, is a good coach and I think he's done a really good job there. So I'd be interesting to see, um, if they continue and I, and once they're, um, uh, uh, their senior players really start to come back into the club, how, how that affects um, their results moving forward. But I like them so far. A big shout out to that Ganbold as well. I don't know if you knew about that Giza. He's Mongolian. Um, yeah. F- yeah, yeah. First, yeah, first uh, professional, uh, first Mongolian to ever sign a professional contract with a, a top flight European team. And obviously the first player to ever play in the European, in a European top flight when he played a few weeks ago. Because obviously he played when um, when all the um, injuries came to. Did you call him a geezer? Yeah, he's a geezer. I thought he's only like 20 years old. Well, he is 20. Young geezer. <laughs> young geezer. <laughs> <laughs> I I made a comment on 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 Twitter like about Pushkas Academy that it's amazing what you can do when you actually are an academy um, with all the kids playing now. This is kind of like let's sit in top of the league at the minute. All right, it's it's a false kind of reading. They they they've, they've played four, won three, lost one. These kids have been a revelation. Somebody somewhere's got to be sitting there going, let's follow this path. But it's not going to happen, is it? No, I mean, it. I think part of it is it takes time, doesn't it? I mean, you you really do have to uh, to cultivate and have a plan. And um, I, I think when when teams are getting money thrown at them, and I don't mean, you know, Friday and Biddy and teams that are getting money from there. But, you know, when you're getting money from the government or whoever, you know, I don't want to say too much. But um, and you're able to sign players, um, you know, geezers from other countries that are, you know, can, can help you now. Um, you know, the, I think the, the pull is is great to get success now. Um and so when that happens, of course, the, the thing that's going to deteriorate or that's 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 not going to happen is you're, you're not going to be able to, to, to develop or put the money towards um, the young players the way you should or would want to uh, to see continued success coming from your academy. And, and um, I, I think that's the main thing at this point. Um, I, mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, I'm looking at it just thinking nobody nobody's patient. You know, you, you get managers that come in and they, they're expected to turn things around at the moment. Um, and, and it's just it's not how it works. You really do need to. And, you know, Pushkas had um, moderate success. But what we're seeing now is um, they're uh, and, and, and I don't know if this was their plan, 
but most definitely they have players that have um, developed within a culture that said, okay, it's our time and we're going to make it happen. And they did, and they've proven that so far. So um, I think when teams begin to, to dedicate themselves to that and, and say, okay, we're going to, we're going to let this process pan out um, that may happen, but not until then. So um, looking at the, the, the teams that were promoted last season, MT Carr and, and Budafok, um, MT Carr slowly slipping back into into their ways after a, a, a good start, three defeats on the trot. Um, Budafok have been different gravy, really, haven't they? Yeah, I think... Um, Sorry, Tom, bit, that's for you. <laughs> I think that victory over... Um, Ever MT Carr is, is, was really impressive um, and and thoroughly deserved as well. Like you say, MT Carr started the um, started the season pretty well, um, and they've got a lot of players that we know, a lot of um, youngsters who who I guess looked like they were going to be the business at one point, like Shabot Shun and Ben Shabiro, um, Gera, um, and um, Bocky as well at the back, who I think was on loan at Swansea at one point. Um, whereas you compare that to Budafox team, and they've got a lot of um, a lot of second division players, I guess. Um, you've got a couple of players like Kulchar, who've who've played in the top division before. Um, Meg, yes, as well. I think he used to be at Holly. Um, but like, it's 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 a second division team, I guess, really. Um, and yeah, they've they've been pretty impressive so far. I think. Um, I thought, I guess a lot of us did thought they were probably just going to be the whipping boys a little bit like Kaposh for last season, who kind of came up and didn't really sign anyone and tried to just go at it with um, with MB2 players. Um, but yeah, fair play to um, to Buddha Fox so far. They they're competing. Um, it's just very early days, and you don't know how long they will be able to compete. Um, before they kind of get found out a little bit. Um, hopefully not, but um, I don't know. Like you say, it's always it's always tough to judge this early. Um, but I, on the what you say, like you, what you said about MT Car, they started off really good. Um, beat Honved, who like you say on great at all, um, and then got that, and then were really impressive against Froddy, um, and then yeah. Kind of, not a lot else really, to be honest. No. Um, and and they've got they've got some really really impressive players. Like I say, really good youngsters. But um, I think they might be in for a struggle. I think both. I think they both will be in for a struggle, to be honest. Um, but it, it's nice to see Budafox start so well. Absolutely. And Chris, talking of the the, the second division, um, it has provided much more talking points than than the first division. Um, huge spending Voshosh, um, who have NB1 quality players, have signed players that have dropped down from the top division, are play, uh, paying enormous wages, um, are currently sitting 16th in, in the division um, after 10 games. Two wins, five draws, three defeats. Um, absolutely appalling. As opposed to, uh, obviously, relegated Debretsen, um, who sit top of the league on 23 points. Um, now, Ballas Dujak uh, joined them 
last week on on just before the transfer deadline. What do you make of those two contrasts of uh, of football clubs in 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 that division between Deverton and Vashash? Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I I I I don't understand it. I just can't get my mind around the fact that Vachas had players last season coming from the NB1 to their squad, looking ahead, I'm guessing, to we're going to be the next team to come up and just take it, take NB1 by storm. I, I, is, I have no idea. I just, I just cannot understand it for the life of me how a team can have that poor of a run of results how do you not score against NB2 teams with the kind of talent that's there? I just, just, I don't understand it. And I'm, I'm, I have to admit, I don't follow the the second division as much as I do the, the, the first, but I, I'm just looking at um, the, the players on that team. Um, I mean, Faxession came from uh, Weepesh. He was leading scoring in NB1 last year and dropped into the second division for that team. Andres Radu, who was for uh, Zeller Egeshag last year and led, um, right, didn't he Didn't he finish the season yeah. with the leading goal scorer? He, he goes to them. What? I, I, it's it, it, 2020? I mean, is that that's the only thing I could think of is what's going on there. Um, I just, I, I really, really don't understand. And I'm, I'm again, now I'm looking again through, um, Kenny Atigba went there. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I mean. Uh, Potkai as well. Yeah, Mate Potkai. Um, you've got so many good players there. And it's just, I, I don't know. I just throw my hands up when I say, are they doing this for uh, for show? I don't know. And then Debrechen, I, I think we felt like, yeah, I, it was it was really hard to see them go down, and they probably deserved it. But to see a team of that quality go down, um, uh, it's not surprising to me that they're that they're leading uh, in the second division. Um, but um, you know, is I don't know, is it focus or what? Tom, you might you might have better insight than than I do, but I'm just at a loss, honestly, with with Vashash. I don't know. Like you say, it's crazy. Um... Like you, you mentioned a few players there, like obviously Rodo, Fetchison. Um, they've got also players like Balaiti, who who is, is is in my opinion a top level striker. Bertalan was here, um, ZT I think on a Bekesh Choba when they were in the top division. I mean, it's a, it's a top division team at at least. It's probably a mid table top division team. Litowski. Like mm-hmm. he was in like quality at all your best. Otigba's 28. Like Levente Yova, like I thought he was quality at Friday, but then they got the Bush and obviously Yova never played. Like it's it's a ridiculous team. Lashlo Pekar again scored an absolute screamer in the, in the Magyar Cup last season for um uh for Mezakovic in that semi final. Was it? It might have been the final. I think it was the final. Um, it's. It's stupid. I don't know why they play these. Uh, it annoys me when players go for the money and and drop down, especially to drop down a division. I mean, it's all okay. Okay, going to to a money in like a, I guess a push cash in, um, which Rodo also did. Um, but at least you're in the top division there. But to drop down and and play an MB2 and then to do so badly in MB2, it reflects really badly on that squad. And all you can do is laugh. I mean, I like Vashosh as a club, but. I don't like it when this kind of stuff happens where 
like you just bring in a team of mercenaries and um, to see them start off badly is in my opinion quite funny <laughs> I I would genuinely expect a team with that squad to finish top five in in the uh, in the first division so it, it's, it is bizarre um, and the managers there at the moment are certainly not getting their name on a parking space because they're, they're in and out um, very very quickly at the moment um <laughs> But Debrecen, like I say, we, we, we saw them fall out of the division. We spoke on previous podcasts about an opportunity to rebuild and, and start again. And, and they've really grabbed it and, and they're flying. There's absolutely no doubt that they won't be back in the first division next year. Um, Tom, the signing of, of, of Dujak, I, it's weird because he's one of the biggest names in Hungarian football for the last Christ knows how many years. Yet we're talking about a second division side here that he's gone to. And me personally, I'm thinking, why have they signed him? Yeah, I mean, he must be on a lot of money. Um, You'd think. Like, um, it it, it, it sums up his career, doesn't it, for God's sake. Um, Like, after that period, I mean... We all loved him at PSV, didn't we? And then we were desperate for him to go to a big club. And then a little bit like Soboslai is right now in that kind of position where loads of clubs were after him. Where Where's he going to end up? And then he ends up in Russia at that oligarchs team with Roberto Carlos and Eto, who were basically at the end of their career and just there for a payday. Um, and then, yeah, in his career, just descending into absolute hilarity going into, well, sticking in the UAE for God knows how long, five years or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess it's quite exciting for Debrecen after kind of what they've been through last season to go down and then and then to bring back a hero um, in the second division. He's only 33. Um, he was playing national team games not even that long ago and starting them games was it's still national team captain isn't he um but i mean i guess they might yeah like they said they must be paying him a lot and i guess he he should completely destroy that league he's still good enough um but where does that leave his international career mm. like he's he, he's probably still good enough to get in the team at least off the bench in a bench role, um, but also kind of what does it say about the other teams in the league? Like they're obviously like the top teams are obviously not desperate to get him. Fernandez, you won't get in the Froddy team. Um, Vidi, would he get in the Vidi team? Maybe, um, but it'd be on a hell of a wage and probably not. It's probably not that worth it. Whereas the Bretson probably want that hero back and and um, yeah probably willing to pay him anything how many ferraris do you need i guess at that point of your career but um i imagine that juju wants a lot i i'm i'm pretty sure that there's probably some kind of link with the club where he'll get some kind of director role or 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 some stake in the club or or something like that out of it i I wouldn't be surprised if that was the if that was the real lure um Talking of the international team, um, well, it kind of it flew under the radar with all the 
all the drama that the the Champions League and uh, etc has, has, has thrown up for us. But we are five days away from Bulgaria versus Hungary, um, one of the biggest games uh, in recent history, because it would mean that we, we're halfway through to the European finals um, with a positive result. Um, Tom, I know you're going to be out there for 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 the game and we'll we'll get onto that in a minute um chris i don't know if you've got in front of you the 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 squad um that has been announced for for the game first of all um some surprise names in there um straight off the bat um what sticks out for you the most um i don't have the squad in front of me um sorry <laughs> that, that's all right that's all right i do have uh the squad from the last couple um um who who's there that is uh is that's not supposed to be there okay so we've got uh akos ketchkesh is uh has been called up in in defense there uh tamas cherry's there again uh andras schaefer um <laughs> We have Babati called up with the strikers, Convesh, um, Zuke, uh, Adrian Zuke, um, Kevin Varga. It's you know it's a kind of mix and match squad again, isn't it? Yeah, I mean Kevin Varga's been there before and he's played a supporting role. Um, uh, Convesh has uh, has looked really good, obviously for ZTE and. Um, you know, was was really good last year for Pox. So, I mean, I feel like um, it's probably just a reward uh, for him. I, I don't I don't see them um, replacing Adam Chalai, um, but uh, to have them up there uh, as depth is one thing. Uh, and again, same thing with with Thomas Cherry. I feel like uh, it's a re- reward for his good play in NB1 uh, with Mezhikovic. That's um, how can you not hand uh, an opportunity to him and get him into a game? Um, I feel like he's as good or better than uh, um, David Shiger. Um To me, those two are, are interchangeable in a sense. Um, but, um, um, you know, I think the the rest of the team is still fairly solid um, as Hungarian teams go. <laughs> um, I, I do think um, – and was, was Zizek on the uh, uh, name to the squad? I didn't see that. He, he wasn't time. He was not. Okay, so that's and again figured that um, with uh, with him uh, joining an MB2 team and and uh, really not being on the last couple, um, uh, and with the rise of of Sobosly and um, uh, interesting is uh, Philip Hollander on the team. Well, yeah, he's he's just got himself a move to um, Partizan Belgrade, a, a, yeah. a really really good move. Yeah, yeah. So he got a he got a loan to Partizan, and and he's been on the team. And um, you know, I'm I'm not sure if uh, uh, if that's the best choice, but I mean, you know, he is playing outside MB1, and he is uh, hopefully going to be getting um, some time. He was he was playing an off bench role with uh, Lugano, and um, hopefully he'll get a little bit more time with Partizan. But I don't think that really helps five days ahead of of this this match um i think the thing that really uh, does concern me is just the lack of playing time a lot of the players are getting um you know um uh, including you know just big name players um adam nudge over at bristol city hasn't played a league match yet um he's played a couple of um um 
uh, English Cup games. Um, you know, Willie Orban has only played what 18 minutes um, for Leipzig, and um, you know, I mean, I, and I don't know if that's just normal, but I mean, you, you've got some players that just haven't had a whole lot of first team playing time, and uh, I think to me that's that's going to be the biggest um, concern moving ahead. Yeah, Tom. Um, Tom. Tom. Obviously, the squads. Um, uh, you know, we we're by under no illusions that you know we're not blessed with the greatest amount of players, but we do have some some really really good talent in there, um, particularly in, in in midfield. Now, looking at players like Gazdag and obviously uh, Soboslai, is it more of a case now that we need to find a system that fits the players? Or do we start moulding these players to fit the system? How, how do you how do you feel on that? Yeah, I think I think we um, yeah fit fit the system for the players. I think um, I, I think I think the midfield, like you say, with Gosdog and and Soboslai and, and Adam Nodge, I would I would play that three personally. I think that I think that midfield has nice balance. They're all they're all really good players on the ball. I know in the last game we went for. For Shiga, um and, and I didn't particularly think he did very well. I also don't particularly think he was very good in the um, in the European games we've seen so far. I've almost I almost think he's been a little bit shown up. I, I, I've been a massive supporter of Shiga. I think he's been class in MB1 um, since he moved to Friday, but um, and and when he was at um, Balmaz as well, but. Um, but I think he's been showing up a little bit in Europe, uh, and I'd like to see God's dog play there because I think God's dog is just—I mean, I know you love him, Gubby, but I—I I think he's—he's he's also just—he's class. He's so good, and it'd be really interesting to um, to see him alongside two ball players in in Nigel and Sobosli. Um And I think I think if we were to have a system which played a little bit like the three-five-two that we played. Um, I think last time, um, I guess you'd have centre-halves, uh, obviously Orban. Um, who do you play alongside Orban? That's the only problem. If you're playing, if you're playing three centre-halves, you're playing like 3-5-2. Um, you've got to have two other centre-halves. And I don't particularly think we've got great ones. Long, who I hate. Uh, Fiola. Um, I think Zolai was really poor against Russia. Um Bok has played centre half a little bit for Froddy recently. You got Ketchkes there. He's not played at all for for um, Hungary yet. He played. I don't think he's even playing at Lugano, um, another uh, where Holland there was. Um, but yeah, I think we're at the back we we are struggling as always. And I'll, I like <laughs> this is really worrying. Um, only Zolai in our squad has. Um, more than seven goals to his name for international level. Nikolic has six. Um, Orban has three, which is um, also a bit of a worrying. He, he's, he's our third top scorer in the in the um, squad, and then everyone else has two or less. Um, where are the goals going to come from? You think like we look quite suspect at the back, and we don't have many goals going forwards. Zolai. I think, as Chris mentioned, is not played for Mainz. He's completely out of favour there. Um, and Nikolic hasn't even been playing every game for for Vidi. He did score midweek in the Europa League. 
like Chris says, that we've got very, <coughs> sorry, um, we've got very few um, players playing at a decent level or, or playing that much at all. Um, it's going to be a struggle. I don't even know. I, th- I think you'd play Sholai and 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 Zolai up top, I guess. Um, well, I'd like to see Nikolic start ahead of Zolai personally. Um, and also we've got Nago in there. I need, we need to mention that. Yeah, um, we've got the French lad. That's a, that's yeah, quite thanks to the to the change in in UEFA's ruling. Um, that, that's a that's an impressive signing, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> excellent signing, yeah. An impressive ruler. Um, we need more signings at international level. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, though, uh, we we we've called him up. Obviously, we we know his strengths. Has he? Has he gone above his peak though? I mean, his peak for me was was that that Europa League uh, run when we had the group stages with Chelsea, etc. And that that was kind of peak Nigo for me. He hasn't quite reached those levels again yet. Um, and do we need that position? Oh, really? Are we desperate to have that position covered? Don't get me wrong. I'm really pleased he's been called up. It gives us options, but it's not like oh wow, is it? You know, it's not that. It's not the position we really, really needed sorted out. No, I think I think that's that's the problem when we when we naturalise players um, that they're playing in Hungary for the for, for a reason, and it means they've been playing in Hungary for for a while. Um, they've been playing in Hungary for five years at least, and yeah, um, like you say, Nago's probably past his best now. Um, he's twenty nine. It's like when we sign, well, I, get, I use the same term, when we kind of signed Paolo Vinicius, he was probably past his best as well when we, when yeah. he started playing and we didn't really see the best of him because obviously they've got to be in Hungary for a certain amount of time before they play for us. And if you're any good, I mean, if you honestly, if you're that good, you've probably not played in Hungary for five years, are you really? So, um, I mean, Nago is going to be a nice little addition but I don't think he's someone who's going to change the team at all No and and, and Chris was there much encouragement for you from the, the Nations League games against Serbia and, and, and Russia Did I mean it was kind of chalk and cheese really but positives from you fr- from those games um, No um, <laughs> not really I mean I, I, I feel like Heading into a game against a team like Bulgaria, though, the question that that Tom answered is asked was, where are the goals coming from? Well, I think if you're on Bulgaria's side, you're asking the same question. Um, you know, you've got a you've got a team that um, doesn't really score a whole lot of goals, and they're winning one nil or losing one nil or drawing nil nil or one one. So, um, you know, looking ahead, I kind of feel like there's two clubs really in a, in the same, um, in the same boat. And, um, you know, you're, you're not going up against a prolific, uh, team now hungry very well can make them look like a prolific team, if, uh, depending on the team that shows up. Right. But, um, you know, at this point I feel like, um, you know, there's, there's been, um, uh, you know, a good amount of time in between these matches. Um, you know, a number of, of players have changed situations, um, and not a lot of players uh, on 
uh, Hungary's international team have had a whole lot of first team uh, runouts. So um, I'm not really sure what to expect. I'm not really sure if we can, um, uh, you know, gauge their past performance in the last couple of games is something that is um, uh, going to be indicative of, of them moving forward. Um, you know, it's 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 so chop start and stop choppy uh, internationally to begin with, and then to get a team together um, and prepare them for a match like this, I think is going to be interesting. I, I don't really know what to expect. I don't think anybody does except for maybe Tom. But um, when it when it comes down to it, I kind of feel like this is going to be one of those games where it's it's going to be a one nil type of game or nil nil into extra time and um you know whichever team is the most focused is going to pull it out but um you know to me it's a 50 50 shot yeah i think so like what from what i hear from bulgaria they're not a particularly impressive um but they, they're not horrendous either like I, I don't know if you remember when england played them um, I think it was last October when when all the racism was kicking off, mm. um, and they looked Bulgaria looked absolutely shocking that night, and okay. I remember because we were supposed to be playing them I think in the March like really soon after, and I was like if they turn up anything like that we're gonna absolutely hammer them they're that bad um, I mean England are a good team and they can make anyone look uh, they can make a lot of teams look rubbish but. It seems like Bulgaria have got a little bit better since then. They beat Czech Republic. Um, they got a draw against Ireland recently. And from what I hear in that game, Bulgaria pretty bad. And then I think it only took like a last-minute winner against Wales to beat them. Um, like I thought this might be really easy, but we're I don't think we're in a great place ourselves. And it. It's going to be, yeah, like Chris says, I think 50-50. And then we'll probably, also Bulgaria will probably lose to Weissen in the final. Yeah, it's it's a bizarre run of games. Obviously, um, Tom, you're going to be out there next Thursday in Sofia. Hopefully giving us some commentary on uh, at Major Fossi Live on, on, on Twitter. Um, after that, on the Sunday, we, we, we play Serbia away in, in the Nations League. Uh and then the following Wednesday, we we, we travel to Russia. Um, now, after this Bulgaria, I mean, we're either going to be on a high um, or, or, or a low. There's going to be no middle ground here, I think. We're, we're going to end up possibly disappointed. Um, what 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 are we going to learn out of these other two like completely pointless games? Because uh, you know, if if we get a bad result in Sofia, we're, we're going to have a, a, a squad that's going to be so downbeat um, that we're going to learn nothing in like at international level. Surely, I, I wanted to see the squad have like some more players like on the fringes or coming through that we could have played in the, in, in the Serbia and and Russia game. Yeah, and I don't I don't like. The call-ups of, I mean, Sherry, I guess, is okay. I mean, like Chris said, he's, he's been very good recently. But personally, I don't like that because he's he's, th- he's, he's on the wrong side of 30. Uh, and I know he kind of deserves it, but he's not really the future. Um, and, and the same with Convia's like, what? What? Like, he's not, What what is he really going to bring? Like, I, I, I just don't see the point. Uh 
Like we're better he, off with an under twenty one player, aren't we? Learning his trade. Yeah, you might as put like Biro in there or something. Like I know he's not been great, MT Car, but he's like done well for the under twenty ones, and mm. he might like he could showcase. Like he could play, he could play Bobal. Like Bobal had a really good season last season in MB one. Um, got a move to Portugal. Like I don't see the point of calling up someone like Convez. Like what? What? Why? I know, I know he scores goals in MB1, but he's been an average MB1 player for about 10 years. Mm. And like, and, and he, are you rewarding him for that? Or are you trying to build the team around in the future? Like, I just don't see the point. Like you say, like, I'd, it would make sense for us just to bring some youth through and then in these two, as you say, meaningless games, um, which are basically friendlies, we could see some youngsters. I mean, we've got uh, Andres Schaefer in there who, who did all right on his debut? Um, I think he, I think he played against Russia, didn't he? And then we've got that Adrian Zerka, um, who's actually Serbian, a little bit like Hollander and Nikolic as well. We've got three Serbs. Um, well, he's a Hungarian Serb, but um, so it'd be, it'd be interesting to see him. Um, but yeah, like if you look at kind of the squad, there's not actually that much youth in there. Which is like, how many players have we got under twenty? What under twenty one? Two. We've got two. <laughs> like there's not much youth in there. Like and one of them's obviously Sobosly. Um and we all know about him. And then the other one's Schaefer, like Zerka's twenty two, Zolai's twenty two, and then Shalai, obviously we know his, his ability is twenty three and then um yeah, and then you kind of everything's above that, which and a lot of thirties. It's not um the one player that I think that, that I would have liked to have seen would have been Norbert Bailout. Um, you know, he just rejoined with Budapest, uh, Hamved, and he, um, uh, you know, has been out uh, out of the league and then just came back. And um, I just, I kind of feel like he is a player that, what's he, like 20, 25? Is he 25, 26? Um, yeah, maybe a bit younger, yeah. Yeah, even younger. And so, I mean, I, I kind of felt like um, him coming back and playing for Onved um, and has actually looked really good, to be honest, since he's joined. Um, um, it would have been fun to see him uh, get a run out. Um, has he, I don't, I don't, has he played yet for that? I think he has, yeah, a couple of games. Because um, he, because he's been to like Palermo, Apoel, obviously a Hull City. He got in, he got a really bad injury at Hull. And, <laughs> Hull are an absolute basket case of a club um but yeah he, he was really highly thought of as a youngster and yeah another like you say another one who could have been a good option to to put in the squad ahead of Convict. yeah agreed yeah it, it'll be it'll be interesting to to see what happens um let's let's go down the prediction route again i like i like to put you guys on the spot um chris will hungary qualify for euro 2021 yes or no um, I don't know. I do think they'll beat Bulgaria one nil, and I will stay. Um, I will stay out of the next match. So far, I'll wait to make that prediction at another podcast. <laughs> Tom, what do you reckon? I I don't think we'll beat Bulgaria. I think we'll lose two one. <laughs> the eternal pessimist. <laughs> I was I was kind of. I, I was actually quite optimistic with um, with Froddy in the, on their run. I really was um, until the last 20 minutes um, <laughs> of the mold of the game. But I, 
honestly, I've got no hope around Hungary at the moment. Even though, to be fair, um, in that Turkey game, they were, uh, wasn't it the first one? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They were really good in that game, actually. Um, Russia less so, but a good second half. Um, I think we might. I, I don't think we'll be bad against Bulgaria. I just think we might get a bit unlucky. Um, we and defensively, we are just so shaky. Um, so little experience, so little quality, apart from Orban, obviously. Um, and and Galachi somehow just never makes a safe for Hungary. <laughs> How well, about you, Gab? I'm, I'm going to be positive. I, I think, uh, and probably one of the only reasons I'm going for this is because Hungarian has to get, um, you know, we're reaching our peaks all over the shop here um, in terms of uh, Soboslai being, being one of the, best players that, that Hungary's produced at, and he's already at such a young age uh, Friday are in the Champions League group stages, Hungary get into the uh, European Championships I think would we'll just be like, that would be the peak of Hungarian football um, and we can all then say thank you very much and we can get our skis on and enjoy that slippery slope on the way back down where um, Friday end up finishing third in the league. Soboslai goes to play in the Chinese Super League and, uh, and Hungary uh, end up 30 years of playing um, friendlies. <laughs> Soboslai in the Chinese Super League. That, <laughs> God, if that happens. Yeah, I'm giving Christ. up on football altogether. There's no point of Hungarian football if that happens. <laughs> um, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure as always talking to you uh i think the next time we get together we'll have a better idea um how, how we're shaping up in, in in all of those departments um we really could have a, a complete show on its own about Soboslai, but we'll, we'll get on to him in the next episode for sure um guys thank you for listening we really really appreciate it uh any comments or anything you want added or want to talk to us about Get hold of us on, on, on Twitter. Um, I'm sure by now you know our handles, but we'll put them in the in the tweet when we tweet this out. Um, and take care, guys, and we will see you next time around. Tom, thank you very much. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, guys. I want to give a shout-out to my friend Joe Gold, who uh, is a huge Nordic football fan and a Friday supporter. Uh, I was hoping to get on for a brief moment today, but he could not make it. So, Next time, Joe, and um, thank you all for listening, and we will all talk to you shortly. <laughs>